All right, lights, camera, action, let's start. Uh, right before Shabbos, we lost a tremendous chassid whose name was Rabbi Yaakov Shvei. He was the Rav in Crown Heights. And he, I had the privilege of meeting him many times. He was an extraordinary chassid. And my great-grandfather actually was uh, his malamit. He was his teacher. And he told me many, many stories about my great-grandfather, Shel Nevler, and his experiences with him. One of the things he told me about my great-grandfather was that when he would say stories, he would repeat them again and again, but not just repeat the same story. While he was saying the story, he would say uh, the same, same part of the story again and again to drive it home. So I won't, I won't do that to you tonight, don't worry. Uh, but just, I wanted to share something about Rabbi Shvei. Um, I'm not sure if this story is connected with his studying under Rabbi Sol Nevler or a different Muhammad, but the story was like this. He, has two old, he had two older brothers and his mother wanted her children to have a Jewish education in Soviet Russia. And of course, that was incredibly challenging because it was forbidden to study Torah under the guidelines of uh, the Soviet regime. But her mo his mother managed to send away her oldest son to an underground yeshiva. And she managed to send away her second son also. A chassid was traveling and, the chassid, and she, he agreed to take her son despite the risk. And... Now her third son, Yaakov Yankel, was growing older, and it was time for him to join the yeshiva. But the difference between this child and the others was that he was a little bit more attached to his youngest boy, a little bit too attached to his mother to think about departing and leaving off to the yeshiva. He says, Mommy, you need to come with me. I can't go away from you. So his mother promised him, I'm going to come soon. I'm going to come soon. You go, and I'm coming soon. So he goes off with his chassid, who proposed as his father. Actually, his father wasn't home for, for years. And um, I think, if I remember correctly, his father was, was sent to labor camps because of his activity in spreading Yiddishkeit. And Rabbi Yaakov Shvei uh, went to this yeshiva, and his mother didn't, couldn't afford a ticket to come immediately, but she hired herself as a housekeeper and worked in many different houses until she was finally able to earn enough money. I know that Shamonga took, either it took weeks or months, I don't remember. And eventually she had enough money to get a ticket and go to this town where there was a Hasidic underground yeshiva. The problem was being an underground yeshiva even among the Hasidim, the address wasn't really known, and it was, wasn't going to, going to be too easy to find out where to go. So she had a little bit of trepidation stepping off the train onto the platform in the city where this yeshiva was. But no sooner as she stepped onto the platform, she, he, she heard a cry, Mame, Mame. She turns around and she sees there's Yankel. Yankel, what are you doing here? It's Mame, you said you're coming soon. So every day when the train arrived, I would be here because I knew you were going to come. The other boys said that 
your mommy's not coming because I came here every day and you weren't here. But I told them that my mommy only says the MS. My mommy only says the truth. It's a, the Rabbi Shvei would talk about the story and it's about the, the, the idea of faithfulness to a Rebbe and a Tzaddik and faithfulness in Hashem and faithfulness in Torah and faithfulness in our Yiddishkeit. And just as a child trusts his parents, so too a Jew has to have an open and full heart and total trust in Hashem and Torah and Yiddishkeit without any, not holding back at all. This is very consonant with tonight. Tonight is the birthday of the Reb Marash, the fourth Reb of Chabad, who taught L'Chathchila Reber. He said, the world says that when there's an obstacle, you should try to jump over the obstacle. But I said, said the Reb Marash, I say, said the Reb Marash, you should go straight over. In other words, for a Jew, for Neshama, there are no obstacles. It's kind of like Shabbos. On Shabbos, you don't now allowed to work. And, and before Shabbos, you're working on various different things. You want to accomplish A, B, and C. And then Shabbos comes and it's all taken care of. The Talmud tells us on Shabbos, you have to view all your work as if it's done. And it doesn't mean that you're missing anything. The fact that you're not working doesn't mean that you're harried and worried and frenzied. It's all taken care of. So on the one hand, you're not working at all. On the other hand, not only do you have your needs, on Shabbos you're supposed to have enjoy and have more food and more drink and, and be in a state of total tranquility without any work whatsoever, yet in a state of total tranquility. That's a chathchila river, to be totally above the constraints of the physical, of absolute trust in God without any reservation whatsoever. Rabbi Shvei told me that uh, my great-grandfather would often repeat a story about a man whose name was um, Avram Kishebener. Avram Kishebener was a chassid of the first Rebbe of Chabad, the Alt Rebbe. And he was saying Shema Yisrael, and he got up to the words, Hashem Echad, God is one. When he got up to the words, God is one, he fainted. So Saul Nevler would say, why did he faint? And he said it 20 times. He said Hashem Echad and he fainted. Why did he, you think he fainted when he said Hashem Echad? He said Hashem Echad and he fainted. Why did he faint? And he answered, because his physical brain, his brain felt the oneness of Hashem. It was a truth. It wasn't just a truth in the, of his soul. It's something that he felt as a human being here in this world. Hashem Echad, all there is is one. Above and beyond the limitations of nature, the truth of Hashem, and therefore he chalished. That's what the Rebbe Marash taught. And this idea was not just something that the Rebbe Marash developed as a Rebbe. I want to share with you one more story about the Rebbe Marash, which highlights how even as a child he had this connection to the Chatchila River. There was a chassid of his father, the Tzemach Tzedek. I heard the following story from Mendel Abkovsky al It was a chassid of the Tzemach Tzedek who, had, who was a contractor who was working for the Russian army and he had made the uh, kitchen utensils for the Russian army. And what happened was, was that the, the government, the Russian army accused him of making the pots with less than the amount of aluminum that was given. Meaning 
he had reserved some of the aluminum for himself and only used some of the aluminum for the pots and he had stolen some of the aluminum, some of the metals. And this chassid came to the Tzemach Tzedek, the father of the Marash, to ask for a blessing. The Tzemach Tzedek at that time was not seeing anyone. There certain times Tzemach Tzedek would not see anyone and he had wanted this blessing and he didn't know what to do. But he saw there's Rebbe's child. So he went over there, Marash, Marashat was a child. And then Marash said to him, listen, there is a chassan and kala, they're orphans. They're getting married today and they don't have money for their wedding. Give money, help them with their wedding and you'll be blessed. Okay, he gave money. He went off to Moscow to the court case. He got to the court case. He, uh, the prosecutor is of the, on the part of the army is explaining why this chassid is guilty of theft. And the defending attorney on, the, on his behalf is saying, well, he didn't steal it, he used all the metal. And the judge is getting very upset. The judge says, listen, there is no case over here. It's just a question of facts. We need to know if all the metal was used or not. And therefore, all we need to do is measure the pots and we'll see if the pots are according to the measurement that he was given. The pots were 70 gallon pots and they were weighed. And instead of there being 70 gallon, there were a hundred gallons. And the judge was very upset. The judge screamed at the attorney of the army. And he said, what kind of, what are you doing over here? Not only did this chassid not steal the medals, he must have contributed his own medal to produce these, these, these huge pots for the army. You should give him a raise. You should, how dare you do this to him? So this, was totally shocked this chassid. I'm not sure if he was guilty of theft or not, but he definitely came away, not just scot-free, but with a bonus. And he went back to Lubavitch to go to the Tzemach Tzedek and to thank him for his son's blessing. He comes to Tzemach Tzedek, tells Tzemach Tzedek what happened, and the Tzemach Tzedek hears what happened. He calls in his son, the Ramarash. Tzemach Tzedek asked his son, tell me, what happened over here? Tzemach said, it was divine providence. He needed a blessing for the court case. The Chos Mkala needed money for their wedding. So by divine providence, his staka would be assistance, assistance for his plight. So the Semach Tzedek asked the Amarash, but what about the pots? How do they weigh so much, in other words? So the Amarash said, so I put the chasen and the kala in the pot. Don't ask me exactly what that means. All I know about that is that I don't know what it means. It's something otherworldly, a miracle of the Ramarash. The theme of the Chathila River, the theme of there are no limitations, there are no boundaries for a Jew, is something that we have to live with all the time. And especially when you see that there are challenges. A friend of mine put it this way. When you see a challenge, it's God's way of saying to you that you could jump higher than you thought you could till now. So as we enter the new week and we enter the birthday, that Marash, whose mazel shines tonight, we are empowered to begin the new week. There's a custom many Jews have. They begin the week with singing a song, Al-Tira Avdi Yaakov, not be afraid Yaakov. So this is not just not to be afraid, but to go with simcha, with gladness of heart, and the new week towards Yerushalayim, towards Mashiach, with Simcha, to go lechat chile river, shed over all the obstacles. Lechaim, lechaim, a good devach, a frey
Amazing. Thank you.